Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on bleedcubbyblue.com, and we blast all of our episodes and related content from our Twitter account at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez, and I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I cheer for the Chicago Cubs, who just swept their first second half series of, I'm sorry, the first series of the second half of the season. I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. It, it sounded good in my head. But yes, no, it, was, they, it was good. I'm all for starting with good news. Uh, yeah. Yes. The Cubs, the Cubs looked really, really good. I like sweeps. Well, I my like goodness. sweeps. It, I don't like sweeps where we get swept. Right. Yes. It, it feels so good. It feels so good to be on this end of it. Final series. Yeah. Let's just jump right into it. So uh, this series had a little bit for everyone. Um, the first game. Okay. So you Darvish still does not have a win at Wrigley Field. It's only been like a year, guys, like a year and a half. <laughs> I tried so hard to will him into that first win. I know that uh, we talked about that and I was really hoping he was going to get that first victory, but you know, I think the most important thing is that they won the game other than his, him getting his first win. Oh, totally. Absolutely more important that the Cubs won the game. I, I was really angry. Well, not angry. I was sad that he didn't get this win because frankly, this was one of Darvish's better starts. Maybe that start he had in Los Angeles was better but he threw six innings. He only gave up two hits. He didn't give up any runs. He only walked one person. And he had eight strikeouts, which that's about what you would hope to get from a Darvish start, right? So it was just kind of a bummer that the Cubs couldn't score while he was still in the game. Yeah, and, and you really felt like, gosh, they had a good opportunity to. And, I mean, his line is amazing. What a great start for him. A great start of the second half of the season. He looked fantastic. He was dominant. I mean, he got he definitely was rolling and, and mowing him down in the eight strikeouts. I mean, that just, uh, you know, it just helps me feel better about the way that he's starting the second half of the season. And he's had some good quality starts. So um, I'm really excited to see what he can do. And gosh, I mean, I guess we'll just for his next start to be his first win at Wrigley. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, Louise, we're going to talk more guy. about that. We're going to talk more about that in the second half of the show. Um, speaking of the fact that that was the first start of the All-Star break, I did want to point out that he volunteered for that start. He said he knows that a lot of pitchers don't like that start because it's hard coming off a weird length of rest. And so I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm glad that he had a great start, even though he didn't get his win. <laughs> well, and that just speaks volumes for the kind of teammate he is. And you know that guys appreciate that. And he's definitely stepping up. And, you know, it's 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 always a a plus plus when you step up volunteer to take that start and then get the win or not, not get the win for him, obviously, but get the win for the team and the way he pitched. I mean, he definitely deserved a W, but I mean, he, he, he gave them a great opportunity to win that game and they, they came out and did it. So. Yeah, that was awesome. And they did it off of Chris Archer, who was, you know, he looked just as good as Darvish did at the start of this game, although he stayed in a little bit longer and the Cubs wound up scoring three runs in the top of the seventh. 
And then Pedro Strope, who I love dearly and want only good things for, and my hat is to the left always, <laughs> gave all three of those runs back promptly in the eighth inning. Oh, that was such a forehead slapper for me. It was like, oh, man, I kind of felt like that was coming. Um, you know, it's it's hard to to see him struggle and hard to see him do like things like that because you know he's one of the greatest that has wore the Cubs uniform. So, you know, you don't like to see things like that, especially because you have so many naysayers out there that just continue to think that he is not a good reliever, which is so not true. But, you know... This team, I think, is is trying to send a message the second half of this season. Anyways, you know, based on some of their comments from the break, I think they're they're ready to come out and send a message to the rest of the Central. And his team had his back, you know, stuff like that happens. And he's had a rough season, but, you know, everybody does. And you just, when you do it, you just hope that somebody comes and picks you up. And his team did that for him in this game. Yeah, here's hoping that Pedro Strope has a really strong uh, second half minus that start <laughs> or not start minus that appearance. Um, right. Let's hope that was the the worst appearance that we exactly, see from him. The second exactly. half. That was, that was yeah. a blip. It was a blip. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jason Hayward, who we're going to talk about a lot today, saved the day. He had an RBI single in the eighth, which put the Cubs back on top. And then Craig Kimbrell Kimbrell, which was outstanding. I don't know which one of these guys you want to talk about more, Andy, Jay Hay or Kimbrell. Um, yes, you do. You know which one I want to talk about more. Jason Hayward <laughs> is the man. I am sorry, but that dude is raking. Um, obviously, I'm talking about this game, but also looking through the whole series. He as a collective effort for him. He definitely gets man of this series because he was awesome. I mean, just awesome. I'm not even speaking defensively when I'm talking about him right now. I'm speaking offensively. And I know that we, we, as in I'm generalizing now, most of us never thought that we would talk like this about him. But he looks so good at the plate, so comfortable. And he's pulling through and coming through in big spots. And that is what his team needs from him. And it is so refreshing and so wonderful for somebody that you know is such a good teammate and more than just a good glove on the field. Like he means a lot to his teammates and to see him do well at the plate is just such a great, great pick me up for this team. And I think um, he's really going to be a huge part of why this team is successful the second half of the season, if that's the direction they end up heading. Oh, totally. And he had some great defensive plays during the series. So I don't want to overlook that because he really is, you know, just doing some damage out in the field too. But if we skip ahead a little bit to uh, Sunday's game to game three, he's, he's the reason it got untied. He hit his 15th home run to untie it and make it a five, three game. And he hasn't had 15 home runs since 2012 when he had 27 and he's already got 15 home runs early in July or middle of July, I guess I should say. Granted, we know that the ball is different and home run rates are up everywhere, but that's still a really great sign for him in terms of how hard he is hitting the ball and his numbers across the board show it. Um, as of Saturday's game, his slash line was up to 275, 361, 466, which is outstanding. I mean, he's just, he's, really seeing the ball. And I don't know if the change in the ball this year is helping him at all, 
but it's definitely not hurting. We can say that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I was looking at this for something else recently. I don't even remember what, but his pull uh, side tendency is down and he's really been going center and oppo more, which is helping him out a ton. So that's good to see. Uh, I skipped game two, which was really fun. And we don't want to skip it because we were talking about Jason Hayward. So I'm going to go back. Um, this was the game where the Cubs scored all of the runs <laughs> and it was outstanding and super fun. And I like seven run first innings a lot. They make baseball awesome, particularly when the Cubs are doing them. And it just keeps me from being nervous through the entire game. So props for that. And I would like more of those, please. Um, yeah. And collectively, I don't know where these pitchers bats have come from. I don't know <laughs> if they opened up a new stash. I don't know if they are. I don't know what they are. I don't know if they were, you know, blessed with magic. I don't know what is happening, but we need to keep the hits in those bats. We need to continue to use those same bats when these pitchers are up. I mean, John Lester, holy cow, what a game for him. I mean, and I, I, who knows? Am I talking pitching? Am I talking at the plate? He had a freaking home run and an RBI. Was it a double? Two RBI. RBI. Single. I, I mean, yeah, two RBI single. That's what it was. I mean, wow. And he just looked so like laid back and just, you know, like just another day at work type thing when he's hitting this, you know, nice, nicely hit ball off the wall out in left field. I'm like, holy cow, where is this coming from? It's so fantastic. So awesome. Good for him. And a great game um, as far as pitching. I think it probably feels really good when you are going into the top of the second with a seven-run lead. I think that probably calms you down a little bit <laughs> and relaxes you, and you feel like you can really play with a lot of your, your pitches and stuff. So I think he probably had a lot of personal momentum as far as what he was throwing. And, I mean, he looked great. He looked fantastic. What a game for him. Yeah, he did look great. He did give up a couple of long solo shots. Um, but frankly, I like that he wasn't walking people. There was not a single walk by Cubs pitching in this game, which, hi, more of that, please. No walks. I'm here for no walks. Um, but the, I, I really, you know, if you're going to give up a solo shot when you're up seven runs or eight runs or whatever you're up at the time, I think that's okay. I think we'll take that all the time. And I, I liked it a little bit because it showed that Lester was challenging the zone with a large lead, which is kind of what you want him to do. Even if it winds up not working out every single time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you know, their all their runs came from home runs, right? All the pirates runs. Yeah. I'm looking so, yeah. here. Yeah. So to me, I, I would rather looking at the, the offense from the Pirates and the offense from the Cubs. I mean, all of the Cubs runs were, I mean, you know, we had a couple home runs, but for the most part, it was hitting with runners in scoring position. It was timely hitting. It was nice, you know, nice at bats. And I would much rather see that than see, you know, the opposite, which we've seen from the Cubs a few times in the first half of the season. So it's really, really nice to see the Cubs put together a good offensive game like that where, you know, you see guys get on base, you see guys take walks, you see, you know, some very timely hitting, you know, getting, pushing guys over the plate and, and just all around good good looks at the ball. I mean, it was just such a, a great game all around and it was a fun game. Like those are always nice when you have big leads and you kind of can relax throughout the game. Yeah, I agree. That that game was a lot of fun. Uh, one note that was not a lot of fun 
Um, Wilson Contreras was having a pretty good game and then started limping a little bit in the later innings. I noticed it. I think it was the seventh or eighth inning. He got pulled for Victor Caratini um, and did not start on Sunday. They said it was just a precaution. Uh, he had some soreness in his foot. So here's hoping that they are correct. And it was it's just like a random thing that only needed one day off because <laughs> this club needs Wilson Contreras uh, down the stretch. A hundred percent. I completely agree with that. And I, I believe that if there was, if it was anything more than that, then, you know, we would, we would know more by now, but I also feel like it is such a great feeling to have someone like Caratini kind of back into the swing of things and really looking like he did before he went on um, the injured list. It's so nice to have him as a backup because he was, he had a really good game. I mean, he um, had a good game today and, and, you know, he's just been seeing the ball very well. So it's nice to get him, in the lineup, um, you hate to see Wilson go down, but like I said, when you have a backup like that, you kind of don't feel like you're missing much. Wilson brings a little extra to the table, but Caratini is not far behind. Yeah, I think I heard Lennon JD say today that between Wilson and Victor Caratini, the Cubs at catcher have an OPS of like 960 or something like that, which is oh my outstanding wow. for any position. <laughs> but for catcher, that is a really huge bonus. <laughs> That, that is amazing. Game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about game three. We will not talk more about Jason Hayward's home runs because we already did that. Uh, but so this was an interesting game. It was close. The Pirates actually had the lead for a little bit here. Quintana ha- had a great start outside of one inning where he gave up three runs and he really he recovered nicely. It was good cue. Uh, he had six total innings pitch, gave up six hits, which is a little too high, those three runs I talked about. He walked two and only struck out four. But he also got an RBI single, <laughs> which that is only the second hit Q, uh, Q has had in 2019. So good on him for making it count. Um, the game really kind of broke open uh, after Jay Hayes' home run. And then Almora and Schwarber went back to back, which was really nice to see for two hitters who have been struggling a bit. Oh, yeah. You loved watching them do that, too, because you know what this lineup is capable of, but to actually see them put together, um, string together some runs like that was very, very nice. And it was it's like, you know what, let's just let's have this be the tone that we're setting for the second half of this season. This is exactly what we want these guys to do. These are two names that we talked about needs to start producing at, at a level that, you know, we have come to expect from this team and they're doing that. I mean, they did that today. So hopefully this is just the beginning of, of what we're going to see from them the second half of the, the season. I also like to mention that there was again, only two walks from the pitching staff this, this game. I love this. This is, you know, while no walks is better, two walks is still very, very low for for what we had seen at the beginning half of the season. So this is great. This is definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on because I know that we were um, starting to get up there with some of some of the lines as far as walks were concerned. So. I, I love these numbers as far as keeping the walks low. And I think if we can really, you know, keep those down, I think we're going to see a lot of results from that. Yeah, I'm with you. If they can keep the walks down, I think they're going to be in reasonably good shape. And obviously, like, we'll talk on the other side of the break about some of the moves they could make um, to upgrade uh, before the trade deadline. But I really like what the pitching staff 
looks like right now, I think it looks even better when Cole Hamels hopefully comes back healthy. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about before we do head into our break is just that the Cubs, you know, swept the Pirates, but no other team in the Central had a really good start out of the gate. Obviously, the Pirates lost their first three because they were playing the Cubs. The Brewers dropped two games out of three to the Giants. And honestly, it looked at one point like they were going to lose all three of those games and get swept at home by the Giants. Um, I think the Cardinals won one or two out of their games against the Diamondbacks. I think they won two out of three. But the Cubs really set the tone coming out of the all-star break. And I think that that bodes well for the central division. They have a series coming up again at home against the Reds and then the Pirates will be in town. And so, you know, the Cubs have been a much better home team this year. I think if they can really do damage with this extended home stretch following the all-star break, they could put themselves in a really nice position by the end of this month. Yeah, I totally agree. I was kind of looking ahead to it at some of the series that we have coming up, and they're definitely a bunch of winnable series and a couple series at the end of the month that could really um, boost our our lead in the standings if, if that's the direction we're going in at that time. Um, I think it's important, like you said, to capitalize on every single one of these series that are very winnable because, you know, right now we're sitting on a two-and-a-half game lead over Milwaukee, but we know and have seen just how quickly that can go away. So I think every single game now has to be played like, you know, our lead depends on it because obviously it does. And obviously we still have a lot of head-to-head games left with Milwaukee. So those will be important games too. Absolutely. Speaking of head-to-head games in the division, uh, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. But on the flip side, we're going to be talking about the Cincinnati Reds who are headed to Wrigley Field on Monday. And we're back. All right, Andy, the Reds are coming to Wrigley Field and, you know, gone are the days where playing the Reds was just like auto wins. I miss those days. I know, right? (laughs) Darn it, Reds. Um, That and I feel like there's always there's going to be more a lot more emotion in these division games going forward. I mean, it's definitely heated up with all of our division foes. And it, it's every series, you're kind of like, geez, what's going to happen this series, you know? Um, yeah, the, the I I said it earlier in the season. Uh, the Reds, for whatever reason, are a hard matchup with us this year. And we just, I don't feel like we look like the, the dominant team that we should against the Reds. So, gosh, this, this uh, series, I think, is going to tell us a lot about how serious we are coming out of the gates for the second half of the season. I totally agree with that. And the Reds have played the Cubs really tough this year. They've taken advantage of some bullpen meltdowns to steal some games that the Cubs really should have won. They don't seem to, you know, they we seem to catch them at a time where they have hitters just doing some incredible damage. And I was looking at the last 14 days worth of stats. And once again, they've got some hitters who are super red hot, including Yasiel Puig, um, Suarez and Senzel. Uh, And so I think all of these players are people that we have to keep an eye on as they head into Wrigley Field. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the usual suspects every every time against, you know, our, our pitching, but, you know, I also do like who we're throwing in this series. It's going to be different. It's going to be a different look for us because we have Mills going the second game of the series. Um, 
I'll be interested to see how he fares. I'm excited for Hendricks. His last start was pretty, pretty legit. And you know, you know that he's somebody, as long as all is right, he's going to, he's going to give you a great start. So I like our odds here. I'm really, (laughs) I'm going to say it. I don't care. I'm really hopeful that Darvish pulls out that W. Um, (laughs) That's the third matchup, Sunny Gray and you Darvish, right? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Let's make it this one. Um, And that will just capitalize, right? Because it's, oh, geez. It's so, he's so overdue and he's had some really good outings at Wrigley. It's just the poor guy. I mean, he's got to get a win at some point, right? I mean, because then, yeah, we have San Diego coming in the series after that. So you really just would like to see him end that series on a high note and 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 get his W. Yeah, I agree. I would love to see Darvish get his W. This is also kind of an interesting matchup for me because it's two pitchers who really struggled last year kind of coming in on their comeback tour. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that matchup goes. The other matchups, Mondays is Castillo versus Hendricks. And then, as Andy mentioned, Mills will pitch for the Cubs on Tuesday. He will go up against Viscafani, uh, who the Cubs saw pretty recently. The Mills matchup is kind of interesting to me because I, I almost wonder if this could turn into not truly an opener type of situation, but if he maybe gets, you know, two or three innings, gets to see the order through one time, and then bullpen Chatwood comes in to really bridge the middle innings all the way to the end. I really love the the whole um, use an opener and then use bullpen Chatwood because even <laughs> though I love that because even though it's kind of almost like he's pitching as the starter, he's not. You know what I mean? So like that that it's totally. it's, it's it's like a technicality that apparently he just can't get on board with. So it's fine because we've seen him pitch really well when he comes into situations like that. Now even going in as a starter, like the last time, which was not that long ago, like what, maybe two weeks ago, he, he did not look good. So we need to stick with bullpen Chatwood. And I think that has become very evident to everyone. So even if we are using like an opener type situation, I'm all with putting bullpen Chatwood in. I think that's probably going to be the best route to go in this particular situation. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, Alec Mills, if he's having a great outing, you leave him in as long as you can. But it's nice to know that the Cubs have somebody who is stretched out in the bullpen who can take on a lot of innings. And bullpen Chatwood has been great. He really has not struggled with the walks the same way out of the bullpen as he has with these spot starts. So I I agree with you. I think that that would absolutely work. Hopefully Hendricks can go long enough that, you know, they don't have to worry about using Chatwood on Monday. I think that's probably why he pitched today, to be honest. I think that they gave him uh, the ninth inning just to get, you know, get some throws in and keep him off the mound on Monday. Yeah, I really hope that's the case, too. And I think if 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 it's any indication on how Hendricks' last start was, I think he'll be fine on his own and, you know, hopefully see a longer start from him and then, you know, run to Chatwood on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about this series and I hope they have the same fire and the same um, – the same kind of mentality that they did for this pirate series, because I tell you what, I liked the team that we saw. That's the team that we should have been cheering for the entire first half of the season. Yeah. When this team shows up, they are really hard to beat. And if they can go on a run, I have no doubt that they will, you know, be just like they have been 
in the second half in every Joe Madden season with a win percentage well above 580. And I think that would be outstanding. Yeah, I think people forget this is a second half season team and I am all here for them reminding us. Totally. I agree. Um, Speaking of the second half of the season, the other thing that happens in the second half and that is coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks here is the trade deadline. Now, if you hadn't been paying attention in the off season, the trade deadline is a little bit different this year. There's no longer a waiver deadline. And so the the deadline on July 31st is it (laughs) like that is the deadline. There's no more adding Daniel Murphy late type of stuff going on. Um, We got a question on our Twitter account about what the Cubs' priority should be since it looks like they're pretty well set at catcher. I know that early in the season, some people had been thinking that maybe the Cubs needed a veteran presence to back up Wilson and that, you know, that Caratini maybe couldn't handle that job. He seems to be handling it just fine. So, Andy, what do you think the Cubs' priorities are as they head towards the trade deadline? Well, I definitely think that – you know, you hear everybody talking about we need a leadoff and somebody that can play center or second base that can also lead off. I happen to love Robel Garcia at second base. He is um, his bat is definitely an asset in this lineup. We have not seen his same um, his same K rate that, uh, you know, people had talked about in the minors. That's not to say that it's not going to happen. I think it's all a matter of time on what Robel Garcia we actually have long-term, but the one that we're getting right now, I love. Um, but I still feel like there there could be a more distinguished bat in that spot. So second base, center field, somebody that could fit into a lineup, uh, I'm sorry, a leadoff in the lineup would be ideal for me as far as that's concerned. I know we've heard and we've talked a little bit about needing a lefty reliever. Yeah, that's definitely on my wish list as well. My whole concern is what we would have to give up to get either of those things. And we've run into situations where, you know, we kind of look back and we're like, ugh, was it worth it? And obviously for the ring, yes. But do we know that giving up and getting something this season would for sure give us another ring and it would be worth it in the long run? I mean, these are all questions that you kind of, that I wonder about anyway. So I don't know at what, at what price we go after either of those things, but if it's something manageable that will give us that extra boost, then I'm all here for it. Yeah. So let's start with Robel Garcia. I agree with you that the bat is as advertised. He's definitely not a leadoff option and it remains to be seen you know, how quickly the league will adjust to him. He'll probably, if you remember, like when David Bodie came up, he was red hot too. And then the league adjusted a little bit and he had to adjust back. Um, I will say this about Robel Garcia. I love that the Cubs have somebody on their team who can put the ball in the air with a runner on third and less than two outs. I almost did a happy dance. I was like, thank God we finally have somebody who can hit a sacrifice fly when the situation calls for it. Yeah, I am totally stoked about a Robel Garcia in this lineup. Um, He's definitely, you know, producing and doing what we hoped he would be able to do. And I don't even know, the league will adjust eventually, and hopefully he just makes the same adjustments and, you know, can still be consistent in that spot because obviously he's someone that we anticipated seeing at this level and you know, hopefully he's somebody that sticks. Hopefully he's somebody that sticks around for a while and is able to continue to produce as he has been. 
You know, I guess I what I wonder with this, sorry, to go back to this trade question a little bit, I because I also hear the things about, well, maybe we need a different second base person. What if that person could be a leadoff guy, yada, yada. And you hear names like Whit Merrifield or Eric Sogard bantered, bantered about a lot. I guess I wonder, you know, the Cubs have Robel Garcia in the lineup right now. And then they have Ian Happ doing whatever Ian Happ is fixing in Iowa. And you almost have to wonder if Happ would be a part of whatever that trade is, or if they have to consider, you know, is whoever they're getting better than whatever production they would get out of Ian Happ right now. Like if they were to call him up, they would need to have somebody who's better than that. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Because I see where you're going with this, but I I think what I'm reading or what I'm, I'm hearing being talked about is that they're that most, most teams that we're going to talk trade with are going to want big league level bats to be able to, to be an on-field product right away and produce right away. And right now Ian Happ is not that guy. I mean, he's, he's not, he's not been in the bigs for a He's not really somebody that you can say, you know, would do well in the big. So I, I'm not quite sure how you package him, but I I would bet that he's probably somebody that they're definitely including in talks. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, by, I don't think that he is untradeable. I mean, frankly, a lot of people seem tradable to me at this point in time. I guess I had just recently heard, and I'm trying to pull it up quickly, that Hap had sort of turned a corner a little bit and that he was starting to look better recently. And I wonder if that's true. Is Are there people that we could theoretically trade for with the pieces we have right now who are more impactful than a potentially resurgent Ian Hap? Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I, ha- I haven't seen a whole lot about him other than he had a game with, I think, two home runs not too long ago. Um, but that's, I kind of feel like that was the only thing I had heard about his progress. Like yeah, he had that so one. I, oh, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I just got no. the, um, monthly splits for half up and it looks like over the last 10 games. So not a huge sample size, but in the month of July, he's been batting 317, 429, 561. Um, and it looks like that two home run game is, or those are the only two home runs that he's hit, but that's pretty solid. That's admittedly he has not been doing that for the rest of his time uh, in the minors, but it does look like he's on a really good stretch right now. So hopefully he's turned a corner. Yeah. And I mean, he can be, if, if he can be valuable, you know, whether they see fit to put him um, on the Cubs roster or include him in a trade, either way, you know, he's got to have some value somewhere. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know enough about what he's done this season to know if he is able to come up and do anything for the Cubs. You would hate to see them pass up a trade and not because maybe they're not including him or, or something like that and him not do anything. I just feel like this is the same story that we've had. He did, really didn't do a whole lot in the playoffs last year. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of think I'm ready for a new look. I think I, I, 
I love even Ian Happ and he was, you know, somebody that I really pulled for, but you know, and, and sometimes it just need, they need a change of scenery too. Sometimes that's just what it is for them as well. So maybe that's the case, but it, it remains to be seen. So, you know, I, I, who knows if they try that out before a trade even happens, but I, I can't imagine them moving Robel after he's had the startup here that he has. I agree with you that Robel's probably not going anywhere for a while, unless potentially he's a trade uh, target for somebody out there. And that could be interesting too, because I, I that's a weird uh, player to put value on in terms of what their trade value is, right? He has such a small sample in the minors and in the majors right now. Um, the other thing that you mentioned that the Cubs might go after, and I totally agree with you, is another lefty reliever. Um, in case people haven't noticed, uh, Mike Montgomery is not really having the best year pretty much ever. He's having one of the worst years of his career, and he's also not particularly effective against lefties. And it feels like the Cubs could use a shutdown lefty in the bullpen. Oh, definitely. And, you know, he's somebody that had used to talk quite a bit about wanting to be back in a rotation. And, you know, it's hard to even make a case for him um, remaining part of this you know, bullpen, let alone not even included in the rotation talk. Um, and I don't know that teams would even look at him for that right now with the, the season that he's had thus far. So, you know, you would really like to see him do well to, to have some value added to him as a piece somewhere along the way. It's just, I don't know. I don't know which, you know, which side is better to have him do well and then part with him or right now to see him struggle and him have no value, you know, I mean, or have little to no value. Again, I feel like he's somebody that might need a change of scenery. I feel like he might thrive in a different situation and we won't know that unless something happens, but I can most bet that he's also somebody that's being discussed heavily in trade talks. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, it's kind of hindsight's always twenty twenty, but you do sort of wish that the Cubs had put him on the trading block maybe last season when his value was super high as somebody who could be a middle starter, mid-level starter for another team. But, you know, obviously we can't go back in time and do those types of deals. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's always like that too, right? You know, when you you see him doing really well and it's like, well, we we kind of need him. But at the same time, yeah, he probably could have gotten us – a piece back then. So it's tough, but at the same time, it's like also there comes a time when you need to just move on from somebody. And I kind of feel like Mike Montgomery is probably feeling that same way and he just needs a change of scenery. Totally. Uh, Valerie, I hope that answers your question about what we're looking for as the trade deadline approaches. If anyone else has questions about the trade deadline or anything else, please shoot them to us on Twitter at at cup of cubby blue you can also follow sarah at at bcb underscore sarah or andy at at briz b-r-y-z underscore blue and we are going to be here in a few days to talk everything about the red series and to look ahead to the padres visiting wrigley field until then uh we hope we're just hoping that the cubs can get some more wins under their belts because multiple sweeps in a row to start the second half would be sweet. Have a good one. Bye.